What's up, guys? Connor O'Hanlon here for another episode of the Con O Show. And today we are going to be talking about quite a few interesting topics. As usual, we are going to be talking specifically about the Texas abortion uh, ban. We're going to be talking about the new voting laws there. And we're going to be talking about the China restriction on video games as well as some local, just fun, entertaining news that kind of goes uh, as a nice little pinpoint in the recent sagas that I've been talking about that, uh, you know, just includes me and I find humorous. But, of course, um, the biggest story of this week uh, being the Texas pretty much ban on abortion in Um, that has taken effect already. And just for those who don't know, the Texas law has been signed into law, which basically bans abortions uh, after six weeks of pregnancy, which is the most restrictive uh, abortion law in the country. Not even close, uh, because the quote-unquote heartbeat bills that have been passed, which are disingenuous bills that limit the right to choose significantly already, those are a few weeks longer anyway. But at six weeks of pregnancy, most – I would you could probably guess that most women, unless they are actively trying to get pregnant, don't – wouldn't recognize that they are pregnant at six weeks. There are plenty of uh, irregularities with the women's reproductive cycle, (laughs) as you could, as you could imagine, not just from birth control, but specifically caused from birth control. There are plenty of variations. And then there's just irregular um, cycles for women that, sometimes are longer than a month. And these things need to be taken into consideration with these laws, just broadly speaking, beyond just the fact, the egregious restrictions on this. But the fact that at six weeks, you could have no clue at all, and there would be the restriction, is absolutely ridiculous. Now, it doesn't stop there, which is kind of the even worse piece, right? And that is um, the fact that the the bill, if, if, you, if you ask the average person that considers himself pro-life, and now I reject the claim uh, and the label that they are given as pro-life, I believe that if you don't stand for uh, universal health care, if you don't stand for access to abortion, access to birth control, access to these things, access to ways that you don't have to get an abortion, then you can't be considered pro-life because health care is, uh, is a human right and it's fundamental to the right to life. And if you are restricting that, then you thus cannot be pro-life. 
regardless, we have had this conversation about the Pennsylvania proposed laws. You can go back and check my episode with Kristen and Jeff a few months back ago, uh, back now. So I won't relitigate that. But this, if you ask the average conservative, what, what, restri- what limitations would you say, okay, this is okay to get an abortion? The number one thing and the number two thing would be rape and incest. The, the Texas abortion law makes no exception for someone that is raped or somebody that has been impregnated through incest. Also, not that these people would have cared anyway about this bit, but if the life of the mother is at risk, that also does not make it an, ex- approv- a, uh, an approvable exception. So three major, major, extremely major reasons why you would ever need to get an abortion don't qualify you for the exception to the rule of six weeks. It is unbearable to think about this. It is, and, and, I, ta- I barely touched on this last week because I wanted to see, because the day I was recording this episode last week was the day it was kind of being passed. So I didn't have all the information yet. But now that we have all the information, we, sh- we are seeing the, a direct spit in the face to the precedent, the legal precedent set forth by Roe versus Wade. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I will fact check myself on the spot, um, in I believe it's Casey versus Planned Parenthood, that is where we actually get a cemented argument of... Um, the time period that is used in Roe versus Wade. And it was a five to four decision, the same way I believe that Roe versus Wade was. Now, I haven't talked about it as much recently, but you guys all know, if you've been listening for long enough, in 2020, my focus on the election was specifically about the Supreme Court. Leftists and progressives and liberals and centrists all need to unite and fight specifically to uphold an institution that is broken. And by uphold it, I mean reform it to make it function as it is intended to do by the founders of this country. And that is to be arbiters of what is constitutional and what is unconstitutional. I've always ha- I've ha- always found it funny and laughable really that I've had arguments with 
conservatives that complain about active, quote, activist judges. Where most of the, quote, activism is done by the far right on these courts, as most of them are controlled by the right wing. Donald Trump put forth thousands of judges on the state level in federal circuits. And he put three of them on the Supreme Court. Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. And the conservatives have a six to three majority. It is not intended to be an ideological based court. Now, I will argue that every single person has their political bias, has their own agendas, has their own ideas, and thus the Supreme Court must be reformed. The Supreme Court is inherently undemocratic as these judges are not elected and once appointed, they have a lifetime appointment. They only need 50 votes in the Senate to be approved, plus a tiebreaker from the VP. But that's a given, basically. If you get 50 votes in the Senate, then the 51st is always going to be the vice president because they are the vice president to the person that appointed the judge. Our short-sightedness, and I'm going, I will throw myself into this, but I have been talking about it for a long time. And I will just lump myself in for the sake of shorthand. Our short-sightedness as a movement, ignoring courts, ignoring building a bench, literally building a bench of candidates and literally building a Supreme Court bench is what will undermine our democratic process. It will undermine all of the progress that we have made in the last hundred years. And that is not an exaggeration because you know who uh, upheld the, the, um, the decision to legalize gay marriage? It wasn't Congress, it wasn't the president, it was the Supreme Court. And that is reversible. Every bit of this is reversible. Roe versus Wade, although the Supreme Court is not supposed to completely reject precedent, they have, they will, they are anti-consumer. They are anti-women. Uh, they are anti-voting rights, as we're going to get into later. The Supreme Court is broken. And at this point, if Joe Biden and the Senate Democrats 
Do not take action. Do not end the filibuster to pass progressive legislation now. And then, this is going to sound radical to some people, they must pack the court. Donald Trump packed the court. Mitch McConnell did something that is completely unconstitutional and disregarded the Senate's obligation to hold hearings and have a vote on a Supreme Court justice appointed and stole a seat. Now, is Merrick, would Merrick Garland have been a progressive stalwart that was a hero for progressivism? No. But I can tell you, he would have been better than Neil Gorsuch, he would have been better than Amy Coney Barrett, and he would have been better than Brett Kavanaugh. We need to evaluate how we make things happen in this country. You need to look at it and say, okay, if I don't do this, what are the repercussions? Now, obviously, if you live in Texas and you don't vote for a Democratic governor, you are part of the problem. If you don't vote for your local uh, and state officials that are going to represent you and your interests, then you are part of the problem. I, again, will venture to guess that anybody listening to this votes. But for anybody that is listening to this and doesn't, you must, must reevaluate where your priorities are, why you do or do not vote, and who you vote for, if you vote at all. The apolitical people that have sat out are complicit in the oppression of others. I shared on my Instagram today a quote from Marcus Aurelius, one of the most famous Stoics and an emperor. And it basically said, because I'm not going to be able to quote it off the top of my head, but it basically said, you can contribute to injustice by doing nothing. And that's just true. If you sit idly and do nothing while people are being oppressed, you are complicit. Especially if you have a way to change things. Now, this is, you could extrapolate what I just said and say, well, you're not doing anything about, let's just say, the Uyghur Muslims in China. And that is true. There is not much I can actually do to make change happen. But in my vicinity, I can make change happen for those that are oppressed in my area, in my town, in my county, in my state, in my country. And the smallest thing that you can do is vote. The... It all, a lot of this will boil down to the fact that Joe Manchin will not support 
breaking the filibuster. Kirsten Sinema will not support breaking this, the filibuster. Neither of them will do it to protect Roe versus Wade because it is, is necessary to pass legislation that codifies a woman's right to choose. But they will not do it. They will refuse to do it. And thus, we are stuck in a perpetual cycle of trying to deal with people that equate the Democratic Party and the Republican Party while one is actively trying to fight against oppression while one is actively trying to oppress. One is trying to give access to people to birth control, to abortions, and both of those things actually... Access to both of those things lower the rate of abortion. When you restrict it more, it increases the rate of abortion and it increases the, mo- the harm that is done to this, the person that is seeking an abortion. If you want abortions to be rare, if you want them to go down, if you want them to be safe, you legalize it, you regulate it but you regulate it in a way that is not restrictive. You regulate it in a way that is protective. We do not need to have control over women's bodies. In fact, there are plenty of people that probably are listening to this and say, I shouldn't even have an opinion on this because I am a male and All due respect, if I don't use my platform to speak up about it, then I know a lot of people will not either. It is incumbent upon all of us to stand up for this right. Because it will not stop here, as we see with the continual undermining of voting rights in this country. Now, I will state for the record that... The Texas voting restrictions that have been passed are not as bad as they could be. (laughs) And I know that that's a low bar. But that is because, and I will emphasize again, that is because the Democrats in the state Congress, the House and the Senate, stood up fought hard, walked out, and made it impossible for them to pass legislation. Because, as I covered in a few weeks back, they walked out, which then limits the amount of people in the room, which then gives them not a quorum to actually hold sessions. At some point, there's going to have to be a session of Congress. Now, Texas, Texas legislators are not paid uh, to be full-time legislators the same way that um, in other states are, like in Pennsylvania. So their sessions are very, very limited. So they were able to delay it, but they were not able to completely stifle it. But this fight at least got some concessions. And what I really want to reemphasize here is that Due to the Supreme Court yet again undermining the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that put limitations on former Confederate states, 
And now, to be fair, I don't know if Texas was part of this uh, limitation based on the Voting Rights Act, to be completely honest with you. We could look it up. We could fact check it. But certain states, and I believe there was, it wasn't just Confederate states, but specifically, obviously, the Confederate states were a part of it. But certain states were targeted based on their previous restrictions on voting access, specifically for black people. And this provision in the Voting Rights Act was undercut and because of the Supreme Court. Not the Supreme Court of today, mind you. The Supreme Court of a few years ago. One that had Ruth Bader Ginsburg on it. Now, she didn't vote for that, but regardless, this goes to show you that an undemocratic uh, majority of nine people can deem what is worthy and what is unworthy of being called, quote, voter restrictions or voter rights, for that matter. And when they get rid of that, the voting protections for black and brown people go down the drain. The voting rights of young people go down the drain. The voting rights for poor people go down the drain. They even make it harder for old people to vote. And in Texas, you may be asking, why would they make it harder for old people to vote? Well, guess what? When you make it harder for people to vote, the more conservative person wins, more times than not. When there is higher turnout, usually the more progressive person wins. So with laws that restrict access to mail-in ballots, because of course the Republicans live in a fantasy world where mail-in ballots have these crazy, crazy uh fraud rates, which they don't happen. They happen to, they look at all these quote audits and they don't know how an audit works. Let me tell you how an audit works. Cause I'm an auditor. You take samples, you look at things and you see where there are errors and you can extrapolate things. But guess what? You can count the number of incidents of voter fraud on two hands. So if you extrapolate it, as they have, the minuscule, minuscule, minuscule differences across the nation had no impact on the federal elections, and they don't have any impact on state elections. The limitations on voting are specifically targeted to decrease and make it harder for people to vote. When you make it harder for people to vote, People just give up, which I could at least I could at least pressure you for listening to this to say, if you are here, I don't care where you live. As long as you're a resident of this country, you are a citizen, you are able to vote. You must make it an imperative to vote. I don't care how hard they make it for you. If you are listening to me talk, I need you to vote. We will find a way. (laughs) 
legally there are there are ways that you can request work off you can request for an hour you can do whatever you need to do you should be able to look up where you are living and get access to whatever you may need if you live in pennsylvania you can request a mail-in ballot right now at pavotes.com sorry it's votespa.com. I should have known that. That, that, <laughs> that was just a, a big mistake. Votespa.com. And you can get it. You can request it for recurring. I will note that the Republicans in this state have restricted it to be recurring only for uh, one year. So if you if you get it now for November, it will not be recurring for the primary next year and it will not be recurring next year for the general. So just note that and be aware. But voting rights and protecting the institutions that uphold our democracy are vital. Those are the backbone of our democracy. They are the backbone of our republic. And without them, we will be just like uh, our next story in China, where the free and fair elections in China don't happen the same way. And you get dictatorial authoritarian crap like a ban on gaming during the week for minors. Now, you might say, well, this is not a show about gaming. Well, I say Yes, it is, because <laughs> I can talk about whatever I like. However, this is inherently political, as everything is. And the Chinese government's control of the Internet, the control of media is alarming. And specifically, the targeting of video games has gotten, well, it's funny because some Conservatives are actually have spoken up in support of this, which is not good. But it's also showing that the Chinese government wants to limit the influence of Western uh, developers, of even Japanese developers, of other countries, influencing the thought uh, process of the Chinese youth. Now, you might say video games may be bad for kids' youth or uh, for youth um, development. And I would say you are incorrect. Video games help with hand-eye coordination and video games are art. Whether you agree or not, they are considered art. And access to playing video games allows kids to learn how to develop video games and program which can be used to do other things it also is creative outlet it is a way that you can give an outlet to people that won't necessarily have the same outlets that everybody else has you can do things that are different and the restriction is you cannot do any, they can't do any during the weekdays, and they were limited to three hours during the weekends. That is also limitations on textbooks that come from outside of China, and that is obviously 
bad as well. Because if you are dis, we go over this on the show all the time where we talk about we need to know our history. Well, other people need to know their history as well. So if you are only getting history that is specifically targeted and is slimmed down to the propaganda that is fed to you from, let's just say, if you're in China, the Chinese government, then obviously you are missing, let's just say, something like the, the massacre in Tiananmen Square. You wouldn't know anything about that. And specifically, that's because they don't want you to know about that. And in, in representations in media, in art, and in games, you see these things repeatedly. But you will not see them if you have this restriction. Now, it's not going to happen here. It would never happen here. Um, but it's important to note that it's clearly possible that it can happen in certain places. And... We can't, we can't let that happen. The one positive that might come out of this, which I don't think so, but it might, is that developers in other countries would be used for not specifically just going after what, what the Chinese market wants. So what does that mean? If you look at certain movies, you look at certain video games, the, the, there are strict limitations on uh, certain violence, on certain depictions of symbols, of certain uh, historical events that could be actually portrayed in video games in China. And all of these things are specifically because of the Chinese government's want to control of media. Um, I've seen it in plenty of video games throughout t- throughout my time playing, and I've seen it in in movies uh, you can see it in some of the marvel movies uh you can see it in disney movies uh you can see it where john john cena is apologizing to the chinese government <laughs> it's it's it can possibly and i don't think it will but it can possibly lead to more f- liberties being taken by the people that are actually developing these games but i don't think so in the end, money will probably prevail and you will probably see some sort of reversal at some point, I believe, but maybe not. We will, we will see. Um, but with that, the last thing I want to just throw in here at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the show here is if you guys have been paying attention to the last couple of weeks where I talk specifically about the school boards in Bucks County, uh, there is a group called Reopen Bucks, which advocates for no masks, no vaccines, no testing, no contact tracing. And uh, I followed this group on Twitter because it was interesting to see what they said. And... I saw on their Twitter uh, today, actually, that they were promoting the fact that because of COVID-19, children are behind on other vaccines. And they said because of the COVID vaccine, they claim not working. It does work. They're going to stop getting their kids vaccinated for other things, too. Now, I could, sh- I could show you the exact quote. You can go see it on my Twitter page. 
But I was immediately cracking up at that because that is, and this is what I tweeted, I quote tweeted and I said, this is the definition, the prime example of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Because they think, and they're wrong, that the vaccines don't work. They're saying that they're going to not get their kids vaccinated for the measles, for mumps or whatever, chicken pox, and all this stuff. So what's going to end up happening is their children are not going to be able to go to public schools. They're not going to be able to be in the military because those are the two major things that you have to be vaccinated to be a part of. So what can they do? They can go to a private school. Cool. That's about it. (laughs) And I find it funny because my tweet got me blocked by this group. And I just find it ironic that the people that complain and complain and complain about cancel culture are very, very quick to pull the trigger on blocking somebody. Now, I haven't heard from my, my good buddy Andy Meehan in a while, but on Twitter, uh, but I don't believe he's blocked me. I have gone back and forth with plenty of other people before. They don't usually block me, but the triggered snowflakes at reopen bucks definitely definitely are quick to pull the trigger on uh on blocking people so go check out their page if you want to see the nonsense that they're putting out there and uh you will likely get blocked very quickly but with that being said that's all i have for you today Uh, i know it's a little bit short but i am recording remote and for today these are the major stories that i wanted to address And you guys, as always, can support the show for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash the con o show. You can uh, and and I want to specifically thank my patrons for supporting me. We have four of them, which doesn't sound like a lot, but and it and it's not a lot for most people, but. It is more than it is more than the average person would expect for a show of my size. So uh, specifically, I would like to thank them. And you can see their names up on the screen here. Uh, we have different tiers. The Green New Deal is the top tier. We have the New Deal, which is the second tier. And as the bottom tier, which there is nothing wrong with being at the bottom tier, which is the $5 a month tier, is the Great Society tier. You can support the show very, very easily through that. Or you can just subscribe and share and like and listen to the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review as well. The show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us all there. And last but not least, if you would like to support my campaign for the tax collectorship in Doylestown, you can do so by going to the link in the description box below or going to ohanlon4taxcollector.com. With that all being said, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Stay safe. Peace. 